Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts, guys. This is free land education. It's hard to find out there. And by the way, there's over 10,800 hours of Let's Talk Land that's available to you. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant, broker, owner of Land Pro Real Estate. Uh, my co-host and partner in my business, Teresa Martin, uh, is out showing property right now, so we'll uh, carry it on this morning. Our next, uh, our, uh, our new office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. We also serve your real estate needs in western Piedmont, North Carolina, and southern Virginia. So give us a shout. We'll be glad to help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members. Our national website is www.rliland.com, rliland.com. Now listen to me. I'll give you some hints here. If you're in the process or thinking about buying or investing in land and farms or selling land and farms, go to this website. Uh, it's national. We have over 2,000 members and 685 now accredited land consultants that are highly trained in land production. And we will save you money if you're buying and we'll make you money if you're selling because we know how to play the game. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors this morning, landhub.com, buying or selling land. Landhub is the place to be. And AcreValue, looking to find out what your neighbor's property sold for, just see acrevalue.com. Our guest this morning is LaToya Sims. Welcome, LaToya. Thank you for having me. Oh, my favorite person. Yay. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Charlotte, North I, Carolina. I, I know about that. I grew up there. Mm-hmm. But That's I left area. I yep. left 1974 and the population was 280,000. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I think I was in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> in the womb. <laughs> I thought of it at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, let me just get a little bit about you because I've got like 15 pages. You've got the what? most incredible background. And we're going to touch on that, but I think uh, what we decided in this show, because you've got so much diversity and experience, is about motivation, and uh, we'll expand upon that. But I just pulled a couple of things. You're you're uh, uh, the um, Canopy School Director of Education. Now, Canopy is the largest MLS in the state of North Carolina, headquartered in Charlotte, and you also have an incredible school, probably the largest school. Uh, in terms of uh, courses that you you guys provide, and we can talk about that. And you have a lot of designations too, like the ALC uh, for Realtors Land Institute specialty designations. We call them alphabets that are part of the National Association of Realtors. And you know, just like ours, we have to have uh, uh, six sixteen-hour courses, two-day courses, and now fifteen million in sales and and two ALCs sponsoring you, and a final exam, and it's uh, pretty pretty hard to get. Uh, but uh, Anne-Marie DeCatsi, who's the CEO of Canopy, this is an article, uh, Realtors Association for Canopy said, I'm hiring Latoya Sims as our dedicated institute director with great greatly assist Canopy under the direction of Karen Lindsay to develop and further expand education offerings for our members. In addition to Sims, allows Lindsay to take an even greater role leading the association diversity, increasing in initiatives and cultivating partnerships with the community. Before leaving North Carolina Real Estate, our, our national association, in 2019, I think you were there 16 years. Is that correct? Uh, I was the Real Estate Commission. Yeah, so the North Carolina Real Estate Commission, I was there about 21 years. Was it 21? What did you do there, LaToya? So I basically started out in the regulatory um, with working in the regulatory affairs department. Then it was the legal department. So I worked there, and then I moved on to the licensing um, department, and then I worked in education. So I pretty much went around the entire building. Yeah. <laughs> and no, and I tell you what. There was nowhere else for me to go to, so then I ended up um, doing real estate on my own and then coming to Canopy shortly after within three years. Yeah. Just like RLI, they uh, – our mm-hmm. real estate commission mm-hmm. has the most incredible people and talents. I don't know anything that I've had over these 30 years now. Uh, my practice, when I've had to contact the uh, real estate commission, everybody is so helpful. They go out of the way to help you. 
yeah. and it's uh, it's uh, uh, I'd say we probably got the best one in the country. I think we do. I think when you take a look at um, so many state regulatory agencies, particularly with real estate, um, the North Carolina Real Estate Commission had a staff that surpassed most states. Uh, we were in 60-person staff when most um, states only have less than 20 people on their staff. Really? And definitely handled regulatory compliance. And so we were focused on that versus um, other states where they hold a lot more occupational licensing. Right. Under so you get a lot of customized service. Uh, yeah, it's, call the real estate commission in North Carolina. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like uh, Virginia, for example, and I'm a licensed agent at. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got uh, Deport, which is all the vocations: electricians, mm-hmm. plumbers. It's all under one umbrella, and mm-hmm. it's the most confusing organization I've ever tried to manipulate. <laughs> no, it really is. It's it's, it's yeah, it is. It can be. It It definitely can be. So working there for so many years and working with peer institutions like other commissions in other states, I recognize myself while I worked at the commission that it was definitely a unique agency that provided better service for real estate brokers in the state of North Carolina because some frustrations with other brokers in other states is that they don't get as much intimate um, specialized service. So between 2020 and 2022, you... You uh, moved over to Keller Williams Elite uh, in Durham, North Carolina, which is uh, not that far from Raleigh. It's a mm-hmm. kind of almost grown together over there. Chapel Hill, Durham, and Raleigh is almost like one one urban area. At least it is. Right. At least it is on the highway. When I went over there the other day last week for, uh, for uh, between classes, um, they had a little get together at a restaurant with hors d'oeuvres and stuff, and and I wanted to go up and meet some folks and. Uh, as I was coming into Raleigh, it was uh, 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 right around five o'clock. I don't think I moved two miles in twenty minutes. It's just it's just overgrown up there. It's, it's, I don't know how people live in that type of environment. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what 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 did you learn from being in the real world, practicing real estate? Oh, I learned totally different. When you work for regulatory compliance, everybody loves you. <laughs> you bet. They don't truly show themselves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when you other side and you work as a real estate broker, you kind of see um, a different, you see it through a different lens. So I like to say I had the best of both worlds, working with regulatory compliance and working with consumer protection. It afforded me the opportunity to know the rules, know the laws, and how to stay out of real estate jail. So it benefited me more so than anything when I got on the other side, because at the time that I was doing real estate, I was actually running a media company that supported film and TV. Um, and real media professional. So it helped with um, building, you know, my real estate business based off of my sphere of influence with the media and entertainment industry. What well, what was the difference in motivation, which is kind of our, our thread here of conversation today, mm-hmm. um, and working at the commission and then actually practicing real estate? Was there a difference that, was, that you observed? Oh, definitely. You don't work from a point of fear. Okay. <laughs> at, but oftentimes when brokers ended up calling the real estate commission, it was either they got a disciplinary issue, they have questions about something about their license. It was more of a fear-based, um, you know, interaction. I think when I got on the side of real estate, I understood where that fear base was coming from because I never understood when I actually answered the calls there why folks were so hesitant to contact the commission. Yeah, it scares the poop out of decide- you the practice of real estate and you understand that okay i see where there's some disconnections going on um when you're practicing real estate and how you want more training and development and from a regulatory standpoint they are a consumer protection agency right so the benefit is generally for the consumer and not necessarily for the licensee the real estate commission is there to protect the consumers from the licensee that's right so now that i became that that I now need to be protected from. Um, it just you had to. I had to implement better systems. I had to operate differently when it came time for people knowing who I was because for twenty some years I was affiliated with regulatory compliance for real estate. So to become a real estate broker and be a professional, I had to get people's mindset stated on. Now I sell houses. <laughs> we don't have licenses now. I'm in the industry and I'm working in conjunction with you. So you may see me across the, the table. Um, so, yeah, that was a, it was a big difference for me. Um, it did build a lot of confidence with me getting started with knowing compliance and knowing sure. the rules and the law. So that yeah, was an advantage, advantage that yeah, I had a yeah. lot of times. So just it always worked 
my favorite, I would say. Just for clarification to our listening audience, which is worldwide, by the way, um, our, our industry is self-policing. Uh, it's very unique yes. uh, in that uh, uh, we um, have our code of ethics uh, that was established over 100 years ago that okay. talks about how agents work together, work with each other. And by the way, uh, Article 11, I'm going to be braggadocious here, if I may, and you may not know this, but um, when I got my license in 94, you had to, part of getting your license was take the code of ethics. It was a course. And okay. actually, the instructor came to our office, and, you know, it was several agencies that got together, and it may have been 20 there, and you had a test at the end of it, and you had to pass it. And it was a lifetime thing. Once you took that code of ethics uh, and learned the articles, of what you can and should and shouldn't do, uh, uh, that was it for life. And then back uh, not that many years ago, there was a situation, uh, not to get into it, but uh, it made the newspapers about something that was not kosher. Uh, wasn't but bad, but it just wasn't. A, it wasn't in in, in the scope of uh, the image that we wanted to project to the public out there. Right. And uh, back in 2008. Uh, the uh, North Carolina, I mean, the National Association of Realtors uh, required that all agents had to take the Code of Ethics every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, taking it down in Winston, and um, um, I'd been talking to um, our CEO uh, at RLI mm-hmm. about marketing and how can we get uh, land more involved uh, in our education, which I'm still working on. That's why we got this show here. Uh, but uh, uh, I mentioned the Code of Ethics because I had seen that and always wondered why land was not included. The four-letter word land was not included in our Article 11, which says, paraphrasing, realtors should not be involved in a real estate transaction that they do not have proper training or education. And if, right. if not, then they need to involve an agent that does have the proper training and education, explain to all parties their role in the transaction, Okay. And then it names off all these different things like residential brokerage, appraisal brokerage, property management, uh, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it never had the four-letter word land. And as I attended the national conferences, because we used to have our RLI conventions at the nationals, you know, during the course of the three or four days I was there in conversation casually, you know, uh, I'd ask people that they look smart. I assume they were, uh, you know, why is it land included in? And uh, the Code of Ethics, and the, I kept hearing uh, repetitively that land was under commercial. And my response to it, I said, well, yeah, there is commercial land, <laughs> but what about the farms and the, <laughs> the timberland and the recreational land and croplands and all these other types of lands? You know, I mean, it's, everything's from the ground up. And people don't realize this, of the uh, of the population areas in the United States, uh, only 6% is uh, urban areas. The rest of it's rural land. So anyway, I started that movement, and uh, with Gloria Bowman, uh, I still have the email I sent her uh, discussing it, and she said, well, let me check on this. I'm going to call upstairs to the attorneys and see what we need to do to get get that included. And that started the process, which goes to our National Professional Standards Group, which is responsible for a code of ethics and maintaining it, updating it with current current situations. And it took two years, and uh, they were meeting, uh, and I was on that committee uh, for one, one term, uh, national committee around that time. But they, um, uh, Gloria Bowman called me and says, hey, hey, they're voting on including land in the code of ethics. I said, really? She said, hold on. And you could hear, yes. Yes, 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. in the background. And the, you heard the gavel go, said, this has been approved. And it was a standing ovation. It was a standing ovation. No one had ever seen a standing ovation for something being passed. Anyway, our guest today is Latoria Simmons. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, we'd like to st- thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. Looking to sell land? Try LandHub.com. It's my favorite retail Land site. I put all my listings on there, and I get a lot of response. And, of course, Acre Value. Boy, this is incredible. Go there. You can actually look up properties anywhere. You can see who owns it. You can see what they paid for it. Uh, and that part of the website's free. Now, they've got a lot of other stuff in their whistles and bells there, but 
for you, the consumers out there, that, that's a great site to go to. You can get real snoopy. Latoya. So, you know, we've been talking about the code of ethics, and, and that's very important. We are self-policing, and there's a reason why that Article 11 is in there. And being a land specialist uh, for 30 years, I fought for this for, I'm still fighting for it, is there's no land education out there, per se, other than the Realtors Land Institute, which is over almost 80 years, might be 80 years old now. Uh, we're only 2,000 members out of put 1.65 million uh, realtors out there in the, in the country. We're, we're, we're the, probably one of the smallest organizations in, in, in AR. And, um, and then I've got a four-hour class that I developed through NC Reef several years ago. Debbie Long actually wrote it uh, and collaborated with me. And, uh, and, um, and I own the course now, but um, uh, uh, it's called Introduction to Land Brokers. It's a four-hour CE class uh, that's credited. And um, I, I've had trouble getting MLSs to hire me to teach it. And it sounds crazy, but I'll call up, and I won't mention the one. It's not fair. But I've had it happen several times uh, with somebody that runs it that I have a relationship like I have with you. And I said, hey, I'd like to teach my class for your, for your agents. And they'll come back and say, well, you know, uh, we'll get back to you. But, you know, when they call you back, says, well, our education committee doesn't feel like our agents are interested in taking a land class. Hey, hmm. it floors me. It floors me. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you from our end, we're looking for more involvement with building our diversification for our course offerings. So me as the education director at Canopy, one of my jobs is to diversify our course offerings and make sure that our brokers are equipped with the information that they need. And I think my passion for helping brokers develop in their business stems from working so much of the real estate commission, they get in on this end, working as a broker and right. coming in as a director and realizing. What a great the, background. Uh, for more in education, and not just education, Lou, but professional development and sure, training. So sure. we, I think one of our goals at Canopy Real Estate Institute is to bring on particular topics that may not have been, you know, overly saturated at, you know, at some point in life. Because I think with land, back in the day, I do recall land was very specific and specific people did it. Now it's imperative that real estate professionals diversify in niche markets. And so I remember teaching an ethics course when I was out teaching electives and it was a code of ethics course. And we talked about for article 11, yes, like, you should never try to practice because it, it really is the benefit of your client. So if you're in the best interest of your client, the best thing for you to do is to make sure that you know, and that you're competent in your knowledge and skill set to be able to service your client. Correct. That's right. So when it comes to you just working in residential real estate, real, residential real estate transactions are different than land brokers transactions so it was always imperative and i mean i used to do a breakout room and have people go in and kind of operate as different specialists and how the broker needs to operate with someone who's been more experienced in those fields to build your network you know it's always imperative as a real estate professional to build your network have your relationship but it's always imperative to have a commercial broker to have a land broker somewhere in your referral network or network so that whenever you come across those things and you're only working with new home sales or residential sales, that you have an expert that can come up and come on and either co-broker or you pass it off to them and just receive a referral. So um, why do I say this? Because I worked at the Real Estate Commission. Yeah. <laughs> and I read, all, I read a lot of the cases when I worked in legal, and I was astonished. <laughs> and a lot of times it's not necessarily brokers wanting to scam someone or brokers having this relationship uh, with their consumer as, oh, they have the information and the consumer goes in blindly. It's 2023, and brokers have to understand that customers and clients, and, and you know, they're more savvy. They have access to the Internet. Yep. And because of that, you definitely need to make sure that you know that you specialize in the field that you're practicing in. So if you are, are foreign to land, it's best to take land courses, and I'm happy at the um, goal of what you're doing. And I know we're having one land course next year that we've added to our course offerings and we're looking to build more. And one of the reasons is because a lot more of our broker members and students that maybe non-members have expressed interest in looking for land. I mean, we have a top-selling 10 Things to Know About Land by Cheryl that's working with One you. One of my students. Out of our, 
for that was the best selling book out of our realtor store for the yeah, last couple yeah. of years, and I thought she won an award. Yes, she well did. For the so she it, did. I mean, it was imperative for me being the director here to make sure that our broker members had, you know, not just typical CE courses, but courses that would allow them to not to, to know more about what they're getting involved in. But you also have to understand with the lack of inventory going on, some people are trying to pivot. And they're actually moving into specialized fields and want to know more about land, commercial brokerage, property management, and those kind of things. And I think it's imperative for you to start looking as a real estate professional on what you can niche. You know, I think you did a fabulous job over the years as being the land guy. So yes, you're synonymous ma'am. with that name. Anybody knows Lou Jewell? They know Lou Jewell's the land guy. So, um, you know, <laughs> for other have? real estate professionals, particularly them that's just entering the business, it's awesome to learn from someone like you on how you were able to build that rapport and build that relationship with people and to, and to sustain and to be built to last, you know, in an industry that's so fleeting and cyclical. Let me let me give my perspective on this, if I may. We're kind of having an open conversation. Um, over the years, uh, you know, I'm an advocate for land and land education. And, you know, we've changed our, you know, our designations in terms of being a salesperson or being a broker when I joined. You know, now we have a, a, a provisional broker and then we have a broker. Uh, the provisional brokers are, what, 180 hours of, uh, of classroom passing the state and federal tests. And then there's an additional three 30-hour classes after you get that designation and being supervised by your broker in charge until you become a broker. I mean, they're still supervising, but specifically hands-on supervising and um, kind of like an apprenticeship. And um, and they'll throw up a slide because I've had, a, you know, in, in my firm, I've had a couple people get their license and, and uh, they'll come in. They say, you know, they threw a slide up there in this class and it says land is the land is the uh, uh, the, the the hardest uh, thing to sell uh, in, in in real estate or something to that paraphrase? I'm, my mm-hmm. mind's not clearing it. I mean, they're actually saying. It, and then you ask the instructor, why is that so? And the instructor has no background. I've offered the commission to just write a little ten minute course for the people that's t- or five minute just to give them. You know, there's eleven different types of easements. So the soil's important. Perk tests in rural areas. Timber has value. Like crops, I mean, blah blah blah, you know, and and these are these are specialty things that you need to have some knowledge in to be able to evaluate and to properly market land, and then through this radio show, if I may, like I said, I've done over ten thousand hours. Your number podcast two hundred seventeen, all over the world and all over the country, and specifically, I honor my ALC buddies because I want to help promote them, and have for right. years. And I'll ask them, what state are you in? Of course, I know, but, you know, they may say Washington State or Vermont or Iowa or Florida. Or, you know, I've done, I think I've covered over 45 states, maybe more. Uh, and I'll say, in your CE requirements, how many courses does your uh, commission uh, have on the subject of land? Latoya, it's crickets. I think I'm the only one. It's I mean, that, that's pitiful. We had that conversation before, remember? I remember talking to you about it. Yes, and I ma'am. was astonished myself about the lack of course offerings when it comes to land. But I also remember when I worked at the Real Estate Commission, there was a lot of, like, everything ran through the Realtor Land Institute. I think, I think Lou, what I can tell you right now, because you're talking to someone who was not necessarily raised in a rural area. I, I was always raised in metropolitan area. Yes, ma'am. And was never really a foresight. Like, it was never in my, you know... Um, purview. However, when I got to North Carolina and I realized like all of these rural areas, North Carolina mostly is, it's not a lot of metro areas. Here's more rural, you know, areas. 97%. I can tell you right now, I don't know who would make a comment to say that real estate brokers are not interested in land because I can tell you that they're interested in land. We have members here that are interested in land, which is why I'm doing my, you know, my duty and taking a look at some of the course offerings. I'm telling you like the course offerings themselves are Slim. Let me tell Slim. you. Let me tell you why my classes are, are, fill, are, are filled. I had 125 yeah. greens were maxed I, out. It's because people are moving out of these urban areas for whatever reason, okay, from all over the country, and coming to, to certain states, uh, and they're wanting to get out of these urban areas and have breathing room. They're tired of sticking their cup out the window and their neighbor putting you know, sugar and cream in it. Oh yeah, we have four stoplights in Pilot Mountain. Yeah, you also you also know that with you know with today's 
because they were in the house for two years. So I think when they were in urban environments, they realized, you know, not just with that, with the features of their homes, and now they want, you know, land. They want opportunities for their animals and their kids to go outside. I think affordability is why people are moving closer to rural areas because in, in, in metropolitan areas, the, affordability, the housing affordability is just not there. It's crazy. So, you know, you're moving out, which is why you're seeing a high peak interest in realtors and real estate professionals looking into land. So I think this is a prime opportunity for you, along with your talk show, along with not just thinking about, you know, doing introduction, introductory land courses, but also for those people who've been in land for so many years and they have those limited course offerings, so they always take the same courses or they have limited course offerings for land, so they go and take something in residential or commercial just so they can fulfill a CE requirement. Sure. I think it's imperative for development purposes if you are in land and you've been in land for a very long time as a real estate professional to really push, you know, push the school, push the associations and stuff to let them know that you are interested in more elevated land courses and topics as well, not just introductory But courses. where do you get them, Latoya? You said you're talking about having one land class next year. One. How many members do you have? on. Like, I am explaining to you that when you take a look at the course offerings that are available by the state with approved courses, land probably has a few. And even with the few land courses that are offered in the state. It's just me and Cheryl. It's the two of us. Introductory courses to land. There's not a lot of courses and land, especially for continuing, and I'm, I'm only referring to continuing education. Yes, ma'am. For continuing education, there's not a lot of land courses outside of the designation and certifications that, you know, RLI. Exactly. RLI. And we have 2,000 members nationwide. Exactly. So I think it's imperative that if you are in land, particularly with you as an educator and the people that you're working with, I mean, Christina Asbury is great, Cheryl Sain is great, but I think there needs to be an emphasis on not just introductory courses for land, I think there needs to be some more land courses that are applicable to people who have been in land for a very long time. And I didn't see any on the commission's list when it came time for taking a look at, you know. It's me and Cheryl. It's just the two of us. Yeah. Like, real talk. And she just got hers last year. I've been doing it since uh, 2003. Well, like I'm telling you, it may seem like there's a hurdle there or challenges there. There's been more interest in land. You also think about it. We got more investors coming into this country. Yes, we, we got do. more investors in the state of North Carolina. They are interested in land. They're interested in building. So you also could think of, you know, where is it for land with consumers and educating consumers? Are there any courses out there well, that the investor? I want to be in. fair in this conversation because you have another organization called CCIM. Right. And that's our commercial brokers. And I think mm-hmm. last time I checked, Eddie Blandon was present, but I think there was like 4,800 members in, in the uh, chapter. But, mm-hmm. you know, they spend a lot of time on land, and- especially especially investment property where you got internal rates of returns and cap rates. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we have one course on that and uh, uh, that we, we teach. It's actually a two-and-a-half-day course. But yeah. uh, uh, it's a great time, I think. I think in the real estate landscape, it's a great time, and not no pun intended, but I think it's a great time for anyone that's in land, and especially in real estate education, to really think about developing, you know, courses that are more, um, not just, you know, well, the base level elementary courses, but to expand and, um, you know, think about developing higher, you know, well, courses. I, I think so. I yeah. mean, that's just my, in my opinion. Yes, ma'am. Well, I you know, with, with, with uh, Jennifer... Stonewell, my new partner now, we're developing a national, international website for land education, not just for realtors, for anybody, any vocation. I'm excited for and, you about And you're going to help, help create that. Super. And that's yeah. going to be open to anyone for any reason uh, to have access in one place. Go to one website, and you can learn about wetlands, this, that, oil and gas, uh, anything to do, land development, uh, land soils, forestry. Uh, surveys, all the, anything that touches land is our goal is to have that in some format, including classes, white papers, uh, podcasts, books, articles, anything right. that relates to land we, we want to gather and put in that one source. So, uh, and what about technology? Definitely technology, because I've, I've had quite a few interviews on that, especially with, okay. the, uh, with the agricultural schools mm-hmm. uh, and uh, with one guy that worked for NASA. And then started his own company, and, and uh, he's created a multi-million dollar business. He's going back 
because he goes all the way back to the original satellite maps and shows the migration of animals, for example, over a 20-year period, or erosion, or urban crawl. Uh, he's made a fortune of it. Um, that sounds awesome. I'm excited. And like I said, I definitely stay in touch with you because we've been talking about it, really expanding our um, categories, particularly for the topics on land. Because like I said, you know, when I took a look, when I got to Canopy last year and I went into the realtor store. Victoria, I'm going to have to cut us off. We're a little over. Anyway. Our, gu- our, guest, our guest today is Latoria Sims. This is Let's Talk Land. Okay, Latoria, we're having a most engaging conversation this morning. And of what we just talked about in the last segment, how does that relate to motivation, which is kind of our theme of our show today, this education process, lack of or, ability, you know, I don't I don't want to say it's necessarily a lack of. I think there's a concern for, you know, where we're going, where we're headed in the real estate industry, and particularly when it comes into land specializations and industries that, you know, what we're facing now in the landscape and in the real estate market. I think motivation is going to be key. And the reason why I say that is because we're in such a cyclical industry that we have the ups and downs. We have media. We have all the information in our trade magazines stating what you need to do. Everybody has a blueprint for success. I think what they don't address, and this will be great to see in a class, is the professional development and business development side of not just working the land transaction, but actually developing your business so that you're more proficient in business when working with clients looking for land. That's interesting. Just on a scope of even just real estate classes, where it's not always just continuing education, you're going to have to stay motivated in times where you're not getting a commission check and you're looking at ways to leverage or pivot your business um, to evolve it, you know, to scale it, to sell it, you know, regardless of whatever your goal may be. I think the motivation needs to go back to say, let's not get distracted <laughs> and stay the course and let's not give up and keep. And, and the key word for me whenever I'm talking to the students at Canopy is endurance because it's a lot of information when it comes well, to Well, it's a roller coaster industry. I mean, I go back, you know, the last recession or whatever the heck it was. Um, I went six months, Latoya, with no sales, no closings. Six months, right. not, not no income, okay, at the age of 70 or whatever I was. Right? Who's going to hire you? And 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 I've carried as many as 218 listings. It's unprecedented because uh, I'm licensed in two states, and I've done land development over 80 rural subdivisions. Uh, as long as we stay 10 acres or more in North Carolina, you have to get the government involved, which I definitely don't like them being involved in what I'm doing. Uh, and uh, not that I'm not doing anything wrong. I just don't like to go through the process of the planning board and the public hearings and the two years later and a million dollars in the ground, infrastructure, blah, DOT, you know, soil erosion, blah, 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 uh, you know. And, and, and now in the last three years, I've made more money. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. It, 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 it's, it's people, these realtors need to understand it's a roller coaster. And this motivation, I think, is more critical now uh, than, than in the 30 years I've been practicing, quite frankly. Because you've got to know how to play the game and what to do. And, you know, we used to send out letters. Everybody sends out letters now. Just, you know, especially vacant properties. Absentee owners, if they listed, if they live 50 miles away from the property, it's vacant property. They're absentee owners. And they're probably motivated to maybe sell. So you write a letter. Hey, we're, if you're interested in enlisting your property, contact us. Well, now all the realtors are doing it. I, I talk to people and they say, God, I got 10 letters in the last month just from different people. And then you've got the the, 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 the bottom fishers that send out letters and, you know, the property's worth $100,000 and say, hey, we'll give you $28,000. Here's here's the deed and here's this. Just sign here and we'll send you a certified check since it's recorded. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's... Well, you think it's coming... I, I, I actually feel like you know, some of the challenges that we're facing as real estate professionals is the market saturation. Like, everybody's doing this. 106,000 agents in North Carolina. 78,000 practice. How many people got licensed in the last three years because they opened up the threshold during COVID where they had waived the exam for the state. So you have an influx of brokers that came into the industry that, you know, had time to sit at home, look at Instagram, look at social media, look at television shows, the reality shows, right. and see that real estate was this, and you're making all this money. And the it flippers. Yeah. Of real estate. Yep. So 
cut it now. You have to stay above the fray. And I think developing, making sure that you're diversifying whatever services you have, keeping up with your strong networking, I think building strategies that are different and not going with the fray with everybody else. I can tell you right now, email may be going away because me as a broker in my email box, I get emails daily, like spammed pretty much of things. So imagine the basic consumer that went on a Zillow.com or Realtor.com to look at something and all of a sudden they have 15 to 20 people calling them in a second. Yeah. You know, because they are part of these lead generation instant, instant, um, yep. software programs and stuff. So I think it's going to be imperative that it's work through the cyclical moments. But I also think as a business professional, not just because you're in real estate, you need to understand you're in business, that you need to start looking more at education and figuring out, do I need designations and certifications? Do I need more coaching? Do I need more um, strategies to help scale my business? So if I'm successful and I was successful two or three years ago, I need to stay the course. Right. Continue to build, continue to network, continue to keep my current relationships and foster those so that I remain top of mind so that when this market shifts, interest rates go down, then I have my clients still there. The unfortunate part is you have this ad, a microwavable business that developed over the last five to 10 years. And I saw it particularly when there was a shift with, you know, state requirements, the threshold requirements got lowered. The entrance level for professionals were just not there. You know, you know, when you can. Yeah, no, I'm an instructor. I keep up with this stuff. I mean, that's topic of conversation because we have the instructor meetings all the time. Open forums. Professional, especially when you're dealing with land and things like that, you need to stay in current with the market trends. You need to subscribe to trade magazines and things like that so you know what's going on. You also need to keep in contact with lenders. You know, look at mortgage rates. You need to be in the know. You can't just now. You know, land from mortgage land from the mortgage side, anything over five acres, uh, and you're probably aware of this, is considered a non-conforming loan nationally. Right. So right. interest rates are always two points higher than whatever real, uh, residential. Residential is right now seven and a half, for example. Land's going to be nine and a half. They know 30-year land mortgages. It's 20-year land mortgages. And there are only certain ba- All the banks that do it, but Farm Credit, I'll toot their, toot their horn. Uh, they've been around since 1916. They're part of a government uh, program that was started back then. And they created Farmer Mac, which is the underwriting government in, in institution that uh, that uh, underwrites land loans. But uh, a lot of people don't realize that. And then it's 15 to 20% down, $100,000 purchase on a piece of land. you got to put $20,000 down. It's not the, not the 3%. So it's, well, it's, it's, it's a whole different animal. Being able to push off those numbers. This is why I know you've been in business for years and you keep up with the stats, you keep up with the trends, you understand the local market, right? Yes, ma'am. We have brokers that are in this business that literally do not. Oh, I know. I deal with them all the time. They don't. Yeah, even, you, they don't even know how to put an aerial map on a, on a, on a, on an MLS sheet. That I mean, yeah. that's what you're selling is that borderline of property. Just like you take an outside picture of a home, you take an aerial map of the uh, property. Hopefully, with the topo map, floodplain map. A stream of water course on there, so a person can, you know, visualize what it is, how much is cleared, how much is wooded. Right. It, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we work in an industry that's that's dynamic, but I think it's crucial right now. I think it's crucial. For, I think it is too. Hey, do I want to venture into the land? Um, do I want to venture in the land? Do I want to venture 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 into other aspects of? the real estate industry not just do residential sales but it's going to be imperative for you to understand number one what you're getting into it's going to be imperative for mm-hmm. you to have because with the financial constraints and things are going up they're not getting cheaper no. like and land prices are too it's not going up so you're going to have to be able to face these challenges in business and this is not just in real estate but in business period you exactly. got to stay motivated you got to be your, your you got to be your own cheerleader but you also have to build systems around you that are, we have to be a student yeah. You have to be a student. Anything you do. You gotta be, well, you're always going to be a student. I feel like no tran- real estate transaction is the same. So you're always going to be learning as you go, and you have got to always stay in the student seat when you're in real estate because you're always learning. <laughs> Latoya, as long as I've been doing this and with my experience and knowledge, there's not a month that goes by something doesn't come up I've never heard of. Right. And you've been in business how long? Uh, a couple months will be 30 years. But that's what gets me up in the morning. That's yeah. 74 year people say you go into work today. I said, hell, I ain't worked in 30 years. 
if you love the Lord and you love what you do, it ain't work to me. It ain't work to you. Exactly. And you figure out better ways to serve your clients. Well, that's what it's all about. I don't care about the money. I just want to help people. And, you, and, and helping them, I think, for me, as the education director, when we're offering courses at Canopy, we definitely push the thing of knowing your value, knowing how you stay valuable in the eyes of your clients. You know, like yeah. the, the certification courses definitely help you with that because you end up being able to build yourself as an expert in the field that you're in, which is why I think it's imperative as a real estate professional, whether you're in land or commercial or property management, you should always be not just building a strong network because it is a relationship business, but you should always be in continuous education. Absolutely. Investing in systems to streamline processes to make it more efficient, but also learning how to grow, well, scale, and develop more. It's an industry It's an industry statistic that the more education you have, the more money you make. And, and, and that's just synonymous. I mean, I, mean, I remember the first course I took, I think I had my uh, license for, uh, I, I wasn't even a broker, I had my license for a year, and uh, George Munford, I'll use his name, down in Winston, was a member of RLI, and he says, hey, we're going to have a course, two-day course, on subdivisions. And I want you to come because you you really enjoying land. We love working for you. We did some brokerage together, so I went and took this course, and that gave me the confidence. After taking that two hour course with Ned Massey from Virginia, who was the instructor and one of our past president, national presidents, and um, that's when I started doing land developing. And see, for me, I think you just hit it dead on the head. It builds confidence. So I think the more education you get, that's a that's a that's an actual. Oh, totally. For you as a business person. Well, my student, my students say, "How am I going to get the fifteen million dollars in sales?" I said, right. "Keep taking the courses. The right. more courses you take, the more confidence you have. The more confidence you have, the more business you have. And the more business you, you have, have you're going to yeah. And then you're going to reach that fifteen million. Now, it used to be ten. They just changed it. Yep. The more business you got, the more motivated you are to stay in it. Absolutely. <laughs> and the networking, you know, there's something different uh, from a psychological. I find that the land brokers, especially RLI, we're like family. It's yeah. different. You know, we help each other. We network. We refer. Uh, we, we did one. Uh, it was a, there was an award a couple years ago. I think there were six ALCs from six different states that had a multi, multi-million dollar uh, portfolio that an uh, investor had uh, purchased land in, in all these six states. And they teamed up as, as, as one brokerage, independent, you know, and they, they – uh, successfully sold over $380 million worth of land for this gentleman. Well, you don't see that in the other. I don't see it. Maybe maybe it's out well, there. I, I just don't know about I, it. I definitely see it in the commercial realm. Yeah, I mean, you probably I, see it I there. See it residential too. I will say this. It just depends on your circle and your network. Yes, ma'am. You know, for me, you know, now that I've moved to Charlotte and now that I'm no longer actively practicing, you know, because it is a conflict, you know, um, of interest in my position. Yes, ma'am. He being in Charlotte and having, you know, that network referral down in Raleigh-Durham has been imperative. Having that referral network in Wilmington has been imperative to some of my clients because sure. I'm no longer able to service them in that capacity. But I'm able to refer them to the people that I've vetted, and that's imperative. Like, not just building strong relationships to build leads and generate custom, you know, generate leads for customer bases. I think it's imperative for you to build a strong network relationship with other realtors, other real estate professionals, and not just that, industry professionals that's in real estate, appraisers, mortgage, lenders. you got to have the team. you got I mean, I have a team. Like I said, yeah. my, my uh, soil scientist, Joe Hinton, uh, it's been with me 30 years. All those developments I do, I have to do soil work before I sell it because I want to make sure, you know, that the land that I'm selling is suitable for a septic system. In a designated area, the buyer may choose a different area, but I'm going to go ahead and do a soil test for it. Right. And, and then my surveyor has been with me 25 years. I mean, I call him on Sunday night. I, anytime I got questions, and he answers the phone. Uh, Lou, I'm booked up right now. Hey, Owen, I need this survey done in the next two weeks. All right, I'll move you ahead. You know, because you got that relationship. I don't take advantage of it, but it's there if you need it. And and, and that's oh, important. It's imperative, especially when you're in different real estate transactions where you have a question. You know, and you say, I haven't seen this before. I mean, having relationships with a home inspector where you can call them and say, I know you've been in business 30, 40 years. What is this? What does this mean? You know, I mean. My students, I've got, I don't know how many I've been teaching since 2003 all over the country. 
and a lot in North Carolina, but there's not probably a week that goes by, Latoria, I don't get an email or a phone call from one of my students, and what do I do with this? Where do, you, where do I go? What do I do? And I love helping. I don't charge for all this stuff. I, I got over $50,000 in this radio show that I donate. And, yeah. But that's what I love. Well, you, you give back. You give back, and that's part, that's part two. We give back. That's the one I love being in this industry because we give back. I mean, even at, and this is a plug for the association because at, at Canopy Realtor Association, where we have the Canopy Housing Foundation, we have the MLS, and we have the Institute. I mean, we have a very strong community, especially our members strong community and giving back and so to me i i love this industry it is fleeting it is challenging it is you know up and down but what i love about it is we're not just working and servicing the community we're part of the community we help build the community so i i love um the networks that i've created in this industry working from the compliance side to the education being an educator to the being a consultant being a broker you what got I a great background unbelievable it comes together, you know, and it helps you stay competitive too. And it helps you in a fact, because this, this industry is fast paced and you know, this, you know, for yourself from where you started when you first came into, you know, doing land to where land is now, yes, ma'am. to where the type of people that are in land and yep. practicing land now and what opportunities are available. You know how fast paced it is. That's why it's imperative for us to continue our education to make sure that we build our strong networks and to make sure, because I think those are the keys to success, and that's the way how you stay motivated and become the broker that's built to last and be sustainable. You got it. Hey, while we're on the, on the subject of education, sure. can you tell us a little bit about Canopy in terms of the courses, you guys, and the designations? Because that's, yeah. that's there's you got some real specialized designations on exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Outside of real estate, you've got a lot of professional building courses oh, yeah. that, that, that. so one of the things that you know I, I would be remiss if I did not mention the new class that we have coming up which one um, December 11th and 12th we have a um, senior real estate um, specialist class I'm one of those I'm a senior sorry the senior's representative class so it's the <laughs> SRE class we have that we offer designations and certifications at least once a month at Canopy Real Estate Institute one of the reasons is because we do push education. We think it's imperative Absolutely. that you just don't take continuing education, your eight hours a year, that you actually take specializations in courses. Because it's only going to build your confidence level and you become an expert. So we have the real estate negotiations expert, which is the RE. We do the pricing strategy advisor, which is the PSA. We do the MRP, which is the military relocation professional. Um, we also do... I just got my designation as an HFR. What is it? What's the acronym stand for? Yes, that's a new designation that popped up. We have certifications like marketing the the listing. That's something that conventionally would not have been approved for CE in North Carolina because it's mostly the real estate professional is the primary beneficiary, and it didn't really go in line with the consumer protection side. But we were able to get that approved for CE. So all of our designations. And what's the course? I missed I miss the acronym. I'm sorry. What's the, what, what's the name of the course? Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the name of the designation? HFR. It's the Home Finance Resource. And, and what's the scope of that? Mm-hmm. What's the scope of that course? The scope of that course. So what it does is, and I will tell you this. So the Home Finance Resource, I took it and I said, okay. This is something that we don't need to get, we don't need to promote to introductory, like first year brokers, because it's a little bit more expensive. It helps you, a lender teaches it, they give great, oh, great instructor. mortgage rate, they give great information on finance and resources to better serve your clients, because it's imperative now that you know information that your consumer cannot have access to. Because, you know, a lot of consumers that just go online and say, I don't need to hire a broker. I can find this information online. Yeah. Well, Good luck. taking that courses a lot of times are going to give you inside track information that even the common consumer can't Google and get. Interesting. I, I think I want to take that course. Is, yes. there, is there financing yeah. about land in that course, or is it strictly residential? Mm-hmm. We also have upcoming, I can tell you this, we have upcoming, um, we, have, we have a really great course that I think could benefit a broker that just came into the business or people who are real estate professionals. We also offer the REPA course, which is a real estate professional assistance course. That's a two-day course. That course is amazing to me. When I sat in and, and, and um, audited it, 
it was amazing. I thought this will be a great introductory training for some firms to send their new brokers because it gives an overview of the real estate process transactionally. It gives you systems to build as a real estate professional assistant, but it also is imperative for new brokers getting into the business that don't know how to set up systems and don't understand the overview and cycle of a real estate transaction. It goes over that too. So we promote it to real estate professionals, um, to the firms that have transaction coordinators and have real estate assistants. But we also say, if you have new brokers that just came into the business, like our PBs, it's, it's a great class for them to sign up with as well. And we'll be offering that next April. Um, like I said, the SRES class, which working with seniors, so it's working with the active over 55 community, that designation is going to, we're holding that Monday and Tuesday at Canopy. And we still have registration open. So if people are interested, feel free to get on our website and I'll definitely give all that information. Yeah, that, that's canopyrealtors.com, right? Can- so actually, have our, the Institute has its own, <clears throat> has its actual own website. What is that website? I want to go ahead and get that out there. So our, our website is going to be canopyreinstitute.com. Canopy, C-A-N-O-P-Y. Mm-hmm, Okay. So if you're not driving, you can go to that site and follow along what uh, Latoya's talking about. Because, I mean, right. it's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on that website. It's a, it's a lot of information up there. A lot of information. What we did is we have launched a digital campus, and we also have a canopy calendar. So that canopy calendar is where we streamlined our registration process. So if you want to find courses quickly, once you go to that website, you can click on the calendar um, image, or you can click on canopy calendar, and then you can go and search via filter your searches with using tags. Just put a word in there, what you're looking for, and it'll bring up all of our classes. Interesting. Designation. You can type in designation. If you're looking for certification, you can put that in the search bar, and all of our certification classes will come up. So it's under professional development and training when you're looking for designation and certifications, but it'll show all of our course offerings. And we have courses that we've already added to our schedule mm-hmm. for 2024. So is this all in-class classes, or is this uh, virtual well, classes? Offer, no, we offer an array of course offer um, delivery types. So we do virtual, we do in-person. We also have some self-paced on-demand courses as well. Okay. So you can find that on our website at canopyreinstitute.com. Wow. You're pretty excited about all this stuff, aren't you, young lady? Oh, I'm so excited about these things. You know why? <laughs> because when I was at the Real Estate Commission and I would read these files, <laughs> I would say, it's not that they, some of these people that I talk to, I think they just don't know. Well, they don't. I don't think they've been Well, they don't know until they get in trouble. They get in trouble, and they can get in trouble. So this is one of the industries that I've learned at a very early part of being, in, being immersed in real estate for 20-some years. This is what I learned. This is one industry that you would get in trouble for what you don't know. Exactly. That's why when you come out with a bulletin, when the commission comes out with a bulletin once a month, everybody and turns to the back page to see who right. lost their license or who's suspended or and what the what what the situation was. A lot of it's trust account mismanagement. And then I find people who would do that, and I literally, when they used to physically send out those bulletins and people would go to the back of the page, then I would physically see other people when their names popped up. <laughs> and they got those brown letters that now their names are in the back of the book. You got it. So I, well, to stay out of real estate jail, the best thing to do is get to know what you should have known and what you don't know. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. That's why it's good uh-huh. to sign up and take more classes than you're Well, that, that, that's the responsibility of the broker in charge. Uh, you know, that that is their charge is to make sure that their agents that's under them are performing their tasks the way they're supposed to. What's right new? Now, the way how, so I'm going to tell you why I said that. I can tell you right now that everybody thinks it's the firm. They think it's the responsibility of the broker themselves. Now that you have provisional versus non-provisional, and now we're a broker-only state in North Carolina, I think that was as of 2016. So now that we're a broker-only state, I think because of that, you're seeing more firms wanting non-provisional brokers and wanting them to go ahead and get that provisional status removed. Oh, definitely. I got one right now, and I call her every day. Hey, have you finished that course yet? You got you got 60 more hours. Let me get right. on it. And that should be that should be every broker in charge should be on their on their. Well, I've um, got I've got extra responsibility. Taking it, and we've gotten. I can tell you one good thing that I can share. We've gotten great enrollment for the month of December, which is shocking to me because generally our. That's crazy this time of year. 
Yeah, it goes up generally at the beginning of the year, like right. February to April. But now we have, like, I mean, we got, of course, we got 80 people in tomorrow. You know, so it's, I mean, we're excited that people are now taking more education. We're excited about our initiatives that we're having here at Canopy. And I'm excited about adding more course offerings for our members and our students. And we also um, open the door for non-members to come and take classes as well. So Yeah, I was going to ask you that question. So, I mean, there's realtors, which are members of the National Association of Realtors, like 1.6 million or whatever it is. And then there's real estate agents. Those are agents that choose not to be part of MLS or the national mm-hmm. organization. And that's fine. That's legal. Mm-hmm. But they have the same responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And even if you're not part of the Realtors Association and you're not a part of that trade organization, I think you as a real estate professional, in order for you to stay competitive and stay in business, you need to be taking classes. Continuing education, you need to be taking professional development and training, business development courses, financial clinics, you know, business clinics. I mean, it, I mean, I got into real estate. I even hired a coach. I didn't just hire a real estate coach. I hired a business coach. Interesting. Because no longer working for other people. You are working for yourself. So that employee mentality is just not going to fly in this industry. You are a CEO of your business. You're in partnership with your firm. Your firm is not your employer. You're 1099 independent contractors all the way. Contractors. Exactly. And so you're liable for yourself. So you're your risk. You're your biggest liability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being your biggest liability, one would tell you, let me go ahead and take as much education as I can so that I will reduce the risk of me being my biggest liability. Yeah. We got about three minutes left. What, what do you want to talk about? Wrap this up. This is really crazy. I, I want to ask one thing and get your opinion on it. Artificial intelligence. What's your What's your thoughts on that as it relates uh, to our real estate industry? I'm glad you asked me that because I think technology, especially with the development of AI, has played a significant role in our business landscape for real estate. But I will tell you this, it's also going to cause a lot of problems for people using AI. I like to use AI because it helps with, for me, it helps streamline and processes. It enhances like a lot of the stuff that we're doing in marketing and things like that. But I also think it can help with improving your customer service. But I will say this, in order for you to stay in touch with technology and AI, and I'm going to tell you right now, we are looking at AI classes to incorporate. So we Good for you. So I will tell you at the Institute, we're looking for more classes to make sure that you're talking about it's staying relevant with technology, but we're also putting an emphasis on compliance when working with technology and AI, because that's going to be an, a, a huge liability for real estate professionals. I don't care if you're in land, commercial, whatever. If you're using AI, sometimes that information that AI is giving you may not be the most correct information. So you need to understand when you're using AI, you're leveraging it for your business to help streamline your business and make it more efficient, but you are liable. Not chat GPT. Should you be out of compliance? You have a license. You have rules and regulations that you must abide by. So when you're using AI, which I love, I'm not going to say I don't love it. I love the AI. I love the development of it. I love where it's going with technology. People are now, we're not having that, you know, hire so many big-time marketing, spending a lot on our marketing budget. We can go into Canva you know, use certain programs to do that. But at the same time, the information that you are putting out there, you are going to be responsible for. So you need to make sure that you're remaining in compliance. So we're hoping to add more courses for our next year with AI. Latoya, you've been a great guest today. How do people get in touch with you? Thank you so much for the show. We can, we, we, can, we can have five shows and keep going. I know, and I love it. I, love I do too. I love you. You can tell I'm very passionate about it. I really, really do believe that, you know, being a real estate broker – is one of the best opportunities you can have, not just to build generational wealth for yourself and to have that flexibility, but to really help build your community. You can re- you can find our courses at canopyreinstitute.com. You can email me at lsims at canopyrealtors.com if you're interested in what course offerings we have. And you can also call our office. Our office number is going to be 704-372-372. Hey, thank you. Personal email, and one of the reasons because I would love to see who's listening to the show, and I would love to see and talk to people who. And and, and the students will tell you I'm very heavily involved, despite my schedule and despite the meetings and my my you know day to day commitments. I'm very involved when you call the school. Thank you, Latoya. Listen to this show. Heard me on this show. Just email me at lsims 
at canopyrealtors.com. And if there's anything I can help you with, I will be happy to do so. I promise you she will. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. All questions and comments are welcome. This show is for the public, but most importantly for real estate agents who do not have a source for land education. All of our shows can be found on our national, international website, www.letstalkland.net. That's .net. We also download on Spotify and Podbean. My email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336-669-1405. Our company website is www.mylandpro.com. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors, landhub.com. Buying or selling land or farms, landhub is the place to be. In Acre Valley, if you want to know who owns the property or that field down the road or what it sold for last year, Acre Valley is the place to be. Ronnie, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website. Go to WKTE1090.com and see what all programming events we have mm. here on WKTE. We have, we have a website, too. Yes, that was it, WKTE. Oh, I missed that, didn't I? Didn't I say that? Can we run that back so I can hear it? Not right now. Okay. <laughs> and we also have what? The Simple? The Simple Radio app. Where what you is can that look, all about? Well, see, so you go to the Simple Radio app and you type in WKTE and you can listen to us anywhere you travel. Even anywhere. in the universe? They can hear us up on the spaceship and stuff? Sure, I guess. We haven't gotten that far yet, but well, you know, you don't no know research they, yet. They, they, may, they may be listening to it. We don't know. They it. might be. Because Hopefully they are. Because we only play happy music and everybody wants to be happy. That's right. Beach and oldies. We won some nice awards. Yeah. Eight years in a row being the top beach and oldies radio station. And you won a nice award. Yeah, the announcer uh, of the year award. Well, I wonder why. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Hey, we'll see you next week. God bless you.